0: Are you ready, ready to go, are you ready, ready for more, are you ready, ready for me,
1: oh my, my. oh my, my. You ready? Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special crossover episode of our podcast. My name is Suraj Khandakuri. I'm one of the hosts of Working for the Weekend Michigan Ross's PTMBA podcast about the full-time hustle
2: of a part-time program. And I'm Jeff Church, one of the hosts on Business Beyond Usual, Michigan Ross's full-time MBA podcast about the part-time hustle of a full-time program. I only say that in jest, we work very hard. Today, we'll be discussing full-time and part-time MBA programs, what the differences are, and why you would pick one program over the other. Let's start by having our panelists for the day introduce themselves with their name, city they're based out of, other than Ann Arbor, um, and
0: program they're in. Jacob, we'll start with you. All right. Um, I'm Jacob Hattie. I'm in the online MBA um, out in Portland, Oregon, and I'm in my second year of the online MBA. Beautiful. Jen, we'll go to you.
3: Thanks. Um, So my name is Jen Newley, and I am a full-time MBA student, um, and I am from Houston.
1: Are you in Ann Arbor now, Jen?
3: I am in Ann Arbor. Linda. Hi, my name is Linda Yang. I am a first year
4: weekend MBA student, and I am actually based in Ann Arbor regardless. I uh, grew up in Michigan and am here for school as well.
1: Awesome. Thanks for introducing y'all. We're super glad you could make it today. So, we wanted to start off just by asking about the reason why y'all decided to pursue an MBA. Some people are looking to promote within their own company, some people are looking to recruit at Ross. So, just wanted to get a gauge of why you decided to do an MBA and did you consider both full-time and part-time programs?
3: Um, So prior to business school, I was a consultant um, for four years, a tech consultant at Deloitte. And I was getting to the point, I had just gotten my second promotion um, to a senior consultant. And it was like, when you decide, okay, are you going to become a partner or transition into something else? And I just wasn't that passionate about, you know, software implementations. And I was like, how can I naturally pivot into something I'm um, more excited about and maybe something a little bit more manageable than than traveling three to four days a week? Um, And so I've always loved um, consumer products, beauty products. And so one day I was like, okay, what would it take to transition and work at a company like L'Oreal, because I spend all my money with them. So like, what would it be like? And I was just on LinkedIn, looking at um, a lot of different roles, like what would it take to eventually get to like a leadership role? And I saw that, you know, a lot of people had two things in common. They had an MBA and they had worked in brand management. So I was like, cool, I guess I'm going to go to business school and, you know, try and transition into whatever this thing called brand management is. Um, and so just doing a lot more research and trying to understand what it would take. And um, yeah, the only reason I also didn't consider a part-time program is because I was kind of feeling burnt out from work and I just wanted like a reset. And so um, started looking at full-time programs that had really strong like brand management, marketing, um, curriculum, um, or clubs and networks.
2: Yeah, Jen, that's awesome background. I mean, as a full-time MBA myself, had a similar experience, uh, was in consulting for a number of years. It was kind of time to decide partner or not, um, or at least that track. And then, uh, you know, I decided, you know, accounting kind of wasn't what I was passionate about. And, um, uh, and then also in deciding kind of online or full-time, you know, definitely needed that time for some introspection and, and that, you know, break from the working life and I was fortunate enough to be able to afford it. So um, that's kind of behind my decision. So a couple of reasons definitely resonated with me there.
4: That's great. Yeah, my background is pretty different, a little bit more non-traditional, a little bit more non-linear. I always had in the back of my mind that I had the ambition maybe to pursue my MBA, but early on in my career, I didn't know what that would be for. Um, and I, so I jumped around a couple of times in my early career, started in wealth management, moved into video games marketing, and then pivoted into healthcare in 2018. So I like to describe that as I unintentionally created my own rotational program for myself with industry and function. Um, but in 2018, when I moved into healthcare, things started really clicking for me. And I knew that that was the space that I wanted to grow my career in. So, at that point, I started reevaluating the MBA and how I thought that it could accelerate my growth opportunities within that industry. So um, that's why I considered the MBA, um, but because I had just moved into this industry that I was passionate about, and I was working for a company that I thought I could have long-term prospects in, I didn't feel like it was the right time for me to take a break and step back. So, With the weekend MBA, um, that would really afford me the opportunity to continue growing my experience in this industry that I want to be in and uh, also complement that with the formal business training, which I can then turn around really quickly, right? What I'm learning in the classroom, I can apply directly at work, maybe craft those experiences that I need to accelerate myself, get those bullet points on my resume um, very intentionally and also get paid at the same time.
0: Um, yeah, so I decided kind of fell into the idea of getting an MBA. So I graduated from undergrad and went into agriculture. Um, after like a year or so doing stuff like in the middle of the country, I decided to go to the export world of agriculture and um wanted to work with some of the strong unions and understand that dynamic and experiment with what happens if you're collaborative with them. Um and after about seven years of doing that, I thought, is this really, really what I want to be sticking to? Um, I'm kind of at the path, similar to both of you in consulting, of like, all right, you're about to be this type of person. Um, and so I decided to, I started researching the full-time uh, programs. I thought that was about the only path um, to get a break from it. But I also have uh, two kids and a wife that um, there were a lot of logistical Um, falls in the air on making all that happen. Um, Michigan released their online program um, as I was putting applications together. Um, And so I kind of dipped that way. Um, It allowed me to stay out in Portland um, and it allowed me to have like the online programs because you can take two or three classes at once or you can take one. Um, And if you've got a really busy seven week, uh, session coming up, you don't have to take a course. Like you can just pause it for a minute. So as a dad of young kids, cause they change so fast and they are only that size and age for a very short period of time. Um, I didn't want to miss out on being an engaged dad. Um, as well as, as I was starting school, I was able to pivot out of agriculture into, um, operations at Amazon. And so that was, that allowed me to really apply classes like on a daily basis. Um, and I've actually, the whole point was to pivot out of operations. And so I've just moved into a financial analyst role. So I've been able to pivot while in school instead of wait until the end to experiment a little bit more. Um, and so the online program provided me that flexibility because as you guys know, the, the holiday season is quite busy um, when you're getting packages out the door. so. Um, it allows me to slow, slow school down then and then speed it up this time of year and catch up.
1: That's awesome that you're leveraging kind of the flexibility in terms of credit load, right? Um, Jacob, so Ross is one of the first major business schools to offer an online MBA program. In fact, it, it might be the first uh, major business school to offer an online MBA program. Did that make you prioritize Ross on your list? And then did you have any hesitation
0: about the fact that it
1: was a new program?
0: Um, because Ross was a top business school. So once I thought like maybe the online is an option for me, I realized that Carnegie Mellon and, um, IU had programs. And so I heavily researched those and, um, compared their full time to online and not that they may be the same, Uh, Michigan advertises that the online program is just as difficult and rigorous as the full-time program, um, I felt that if the rigor is the same for them both, I want Ross. I want that top tier. I want access to the professors, the network, the um, resources that Ross has to offer. And it's been life-changing. Like what the doors that have opened and the people I've met, um, the programs that cross-pollinate the full times to the part-time, um, the weekenders to the... Um, online programs. It's been fantastic. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a really, really good move.
2: It's really interesting. I, I mean, I can attest, you know, we, in the full-time program, we have um, our, you know, we have our sections and we have our, and I, I think you guys have sections as well, but we we have sections and then we have all of our core classes and those are usually certain professors, but, um, you know, uh, for example, Maxim Sitch is one of our MO professors. He's a fan favorite. Everyone loves him. And from every online MBA I've spoken to, they also have him, uh, you know, so you guys have a lot of the same professors that we do, the same kind of world-class faculty. Um, and so that's always been really cool to see that I can talk to an online MBA about, you know, my core professors, uh, for example.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a really great experience to have, you know, that access and, and high stakes leadership with Barger. Like, you've got these fantastic the world-renowned people that you're getting access to. They're in a state-of-the-art state of, art, state of the art, uh, studio um, that allows us to do some really creative uh, stuff with our case studies, and they can be in the big house or they can be in the winter garden, and, and you get that feeling of being on campus, as well as our three residencies that bring us to campus. Um, those have been remote for obvious reasons this year. But I was able a year ago to do the Crisis Leadership Challenge in person. And um, it was a fantastic experience. I, I loved being on campus and still having the flexibility to do what I need to do.
1: That's awesome. So Ari Schwader is another professor that's in all the programs. I think, Linda, you might you may have had him for macro. Could y'all go through the structure of classes in your programs? And Jen, we can start with you.
3: So in our first year, um, our classes where we had the whole fall semester was primarily our core classes. And so that was um, the standard, you know, accounting, strategy, economics, courses, just I think to make sure that everyone got um, a level playing field on like the fundamental business courses. Um, And then as we transitioned our first year, Into the second semester, we got to take a couple more core classes, um, but really started to get to play around with what electives we wanted to take, as well as if we are, like myself, I was in a a fund, so uh, the Zell-Lurie Commercialization Fund. And so I got to get class credit from that fund as well. um, And that's when I really started to take some really cool marketing electives. Um, I also, um, a little bit different than, than some folks that second semester of my first year, I actually applied to be a dual degree student and, um, was admitted into the masters of design science program through the school of engineering. Um, so I started sprinkling in a couple engineering courses with my Ross load. Um, and so, yeah, I, that was my first year and then now my second year looks, very, very different. I am have been taking like the maximum amount of credits and taking like six courses, like half Ross classes, half engineering classes um, for this entire second year. But I'm also trying to graduate in the same amount of time. So finishing up, you know, two programs in in a very short period. So I feel like I'm pretty unique into where my class structure schedule looks super full. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, tell us about those engineering classes. That's kind of wild. Like, I, I'm, I'm certainly not taking engineering classes. <laughs> I've pretty <laughs> much stick, stuck to Ross. Um, but yeah, looking for that challenge in our last semester here. Tell us about. Tell us more about that.
3: Yeah, so it's really cool. So, I in my um, like personal growth areas, like I, I talked about how I wanted to um, be in in like the beauty industry, but. Um, As a tech consultant, there are things I really liked about like just taking new ideas and creating something completely new from it. And so I had done that with software and I wanted to be at the intersection of like technology and beauty, like how to take an idea and use like emerging technology to, um, you know, disrupt the beauty industry. And so that's what led me to even apply um, for this master's of design science and to get some really like experimental experience on like just new product innovation. Um, so that's what primarily what my courses look like, like design thinking courses, um, psychology of design courses. Um, also that program requires we take classes in three other schools. Um, so I'm taking mechanical engineering classes. Like I'm in a front end design course. Um, I'm in a, um, school of information, graphic design class. And so, um, I get to like flex, like creative sides of my brain. Um, but those courses are like semester long, whereas like Ross classes are quarter long. Um, so like right now I'm in six classes, four engineering classes and two Ross classes. Um, so it definitely, uh, like it's, it gets hard to balance. And it's, like I said, it's on myself because I'm trying to be done with that engineering degree in August. So I can start my full-time job in September on like the same calendar schedule I would if I was just a full-time MBA student only. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more busy than, than most, but you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like that's again, one of the reasons I picked Ross is because I would have the flexibility, um, to potentially, you know, take classes in other schools and 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 get another degree. So, I'm I'm super excited. Um, and you know, on the days where I'm where I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to drop this, <laughs> I want to drop this second degree. Like I have to like remind myself that you know this is an opportunity not everyone has. And so just push through it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and full time program is also on the quarter system, which is pretty unique, I think, relative to other schools. So every semester is basically split into two. And although you do have a few semester classes, you're usually taking uh, two classes per semester relative to other schools. But Linda, the weekend program is on the semester system. So can you speak a bit to that and what your classes look like?
4: Yeah, so instead of having the two semesters, a break for a summer internship, and then two more semesters, um, as you would have in the full-time program, in the weekend MBA program, we have six semesters all in a row. So we start a little bit earlier than the full-time students do in the spring, summer uh, time period of the year. And um, as mentioned, we take the same core classes in marketing, accounting, finance, strategy, operations, economics, all of that good stuff. But that is really spread out between the first two terms in the weekend MBA program. So we're taking half of those core classes in the spring, summer, and then we're taking the remaining half of those classes in the fall. So it's stretched out because we are working full time. Um, So we need that extra time to complete those core classes. Uh, In the winter term, that's when the weekend MBA students will do their MAP experience. And then in the second year, move into a couple of elective tracks. So with the weekend MBA program, I think it's important to note that you do have less flexibility as it relates to being able to pick classes that you want to take um, and some of the elective options that Ross has to offer in the full-time program. In the weekend program, Um, The first term of the second year, you're choosing between these two tracks of classes that are either going to be strategy-focused or entrepreneurship-focused. In the second term of the second year, Weekend MBA students are choosing between operations or finance tracks, and there's a suite of classes that supports those themes for, for all of these tracks, really. Um, And then the final term of the weekend MBA, you're moving back into um, just closing it out with some leadership and C-suite thinking classes. Um, One really cool thing about this structure, while it is less flexible, is that it is cohort based. So you really are moving through the entire two years with the same set of people that you started the program with. You get to end the program with them. You get to go through this whole experience with them together, and I think that for Me really facilitates a lot of bonding, um, which was an important part of the MBA experience for me, is just making those connections with my peers and uh, developing really good friendships.
1: Yeah, you're with the same 120 people for two years, which I think keeps you really tight. The one caveat to that, which I can speak to because I went through this path, and in fact, I may have been one of the first ones, is that. If you decide to do an internship as a weekend MBA student, it is an option, and then you front load or back load some of those credits, so you'll take the extra classes beforehand or after you come back, and then you have the option to return to the weekend MBA or to pivot, like I did, into the online MBA, and when you do that, you basically have the option to take online MBA courses, a few full-time courses. I had the option to study abroad, I was supposed to be in Barcelona at this moment, but Then there was a global pandemic. Uh, So there is some sort of flexibility there. Uh, If you do the weekend MBA, you're not prevented from pursuing an internship. But Jacob, I'll pass it to you to talk a little bit about the online MBA course structure.
0: Yeah, so being in the first cohort of the online MBA, and um, you're kind of experimenting through it, and they're releasing classes as you go through the program so our first year the structures kind of laid out for us um, on when you take classes because it takes about a year for them to develop a course so we didn't have a ton of flexibility as the first class Um, as covid hit we um, we had a lot of students that if they traveled a lot they just kind of parked it in ann arbor and were able to take full-time classes as well as their workload and then utilize any on-campus uh, resources they wanted. But any new incoming classes have a full suite of, of classes they can take. Um, it's pretty flexible on when you take core classes. And you have a seven-week, uh, each course is seven weeks. You have four meetings in each class that you meet together as a, as a big Zoom meeting. In non-pandemic times, they're in the studio. The professor is with a team of of uh, support giving them everything they need, and then you're all together. And we communicate mainly through Slack. Again, it's the first class we've been able to experiment with Slack and what channels we want, what we don't want. And we've been able to create groups for parents. We've been able to create groups for different types of professionals. And if you're in a class, then we all kind of gather and say, oh, okay, you're in this section and that section. And so it creates the cohesion that way. I think being in the online, you have to work a little harder to... Build those bonds. Um, you're not sitting across the table all the time, but like when we came together for the crisis leadership challenge, that was a good weekend for us to really get to know each other and dive deep into what it's like to be with each other. And you build those bonds, and then that that really has um, helped carry throughout. So I think once you start that first January, you go through the crisis leadership challenge. So you're you're in it about five months. You get feet wet. You all come together. Um, and get to know each other. And that kind of kicks off the program. Um, but it's really changing a lot. So if there's a demand for a kickoff meeting on campus, and that's something that we can do post-pandemic, like that's something they may consider. That's one of the cool things about the online program.
2: And tell me, Jacob, uh, as a fellow member of an online program currently, <laughs> uh, as a full-time student, as we like to refer to our our program, Do you guys joke all the time about like obviously you made the right choice. Like you know your your cost is slightly different than the full time, and we're effectively online.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been really funny because um, even sharing with coworkers and stuff of like, hey, I'm in the online program. Like, hey, did you choose that? It's like, yeah. yeah, I can see the future. That was a really good decision. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's been it's been a really the program value hasn't changed. So it was always meant to be in this format. And the professors are in their office now when they do class, but they still have the tech support. They still have, you know, they've upped the technology in each professor's office to enable them to give a great class experience. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, our professors are also in their office when they're giving class. So it's a funny coincidence.
1: I think that that does bring up a good point, though, which is that, I think when a lot of people picture the online MBA, they're picturing a full-time class that is just occurring online. And it's actually very different. So the OMBA is very structured. You have modules. A lot of the work is being done beforehand. So it reminds me a lot of my own undergrad where if you, like I was a biochem major, so they'd expect that you knew all the pathways and such before you came into the exam. And then the exam would be like, hey, we're removing this or we're altering the system this way. What happens, right? So with the online MBA, they're kind of expecting you to do the work that you would do in lecture beforehand. And then you come in and a lot of my OMBA lectures have been like simulations or specific activities. So um, it isn't an exact translation between the programs. But obviously, you know, having taken both, I can speak to the quality of both at Ross. I think it's just different structures for different learning formats.
2: Totally. And on that note, um, let's talk uh, some more logistics. Things are obviously strange with the pandemic. Let's talk about your plans pre-pandemic. So I guess, where do you live and where are you riding out the pandemic? Um, and what sort of opportunities do you have for networking with your classmates? I think this will be more directed towards Jacob and Linda. And, uh, but then, Jen, you know, we can get your perspective as well. Let's start with Linda
4: a unique case for the Weekend MBA program, Um, although a lot of the cohort is located in Michigan in general, I think around 50%, but I live in Ann Arbor, I work in Ann Arbor, and pre-pandemic, I was planning to go to school in Ann Arbor, and everything was within a 10-minute drive of each other, so for me, it was really easy and convenient in that sense. Um, And then in terms of communicating with each other, Jacob touched on it a little bit. We also have a Slack workspace for our cohort. Um, Early on, we did some experimentation to figure out the communication channel that worked best for us. And we landed on Slack, crowdfunded to pay for the not free version ourselves because we thought it was worth it, are super active on it. Um, And just like Jacob, we have our sort of little subgroups based on of interests and things like that. Um, And then, so we, we go through each term with a assigned team of about six people and um, pre-pandemic or, or with pandemic, I don't think this really changed anything in terms of how often we meet with our term teams. Um, And that is pretty much mostly virtual um, and probably would have been pre-pandemic as well, because in my program, people can be located across the country um, and are working. So for project meetings and stuff like that, we probably would have connected over Zoom anyways. Um, but that's really great to just have your small group, uh, small team that you're meeting with really frequently, getting to know each other really well and, and supporting each other.
1: And Linda, I think you started the program during the pandemic, but I can speak to pre-pandemic the WMBAs. Let's just say Friday nights after class were a good time. Jacob, do you want to tell us a bit more? I know you alluded to it earlier, but what are some of the other ways that the OMBAs connect?
0: A lot of it is through Slack. So pre-pandemic, we um, were aligning, like everyone on the West Coast was going to meet up in Seattle when we were going to play UW back in September. And we were trying to put that together. There's a lot of us in the same city. So there's like, I think, three or five of us in seattle there's maybe five to ten of us in the bay area there's a few in la and then east coast chicago um stuff like that so you guys or they can all connect in each city i'm the only one in portland so if anyone's listening in portland and wants to join that'd be awesome but seattle's only a few hours away and i have family up there so it's uh it's an easy way that if pre-pandemic we would be, you know, connecting on the weekend and doing a, a three-day trip to go hiking and um, any cross-country skiing or snowshoeing up out here in the winter and just trying to, you know, it's an easy hour and a half flight to connect in the Bay Area and do, you know, a trip to wine country, something like that. Like that's stuff we want to do as soon as the, the door opens back up.
4: Yeah. And I'll add that we have had some opportunities within our cohort as well to do safe small outdoor meetups to this pandemic, which has been great because, uh, again, a lot of people are in Michigan, so that makes it pretty easy. Um, but obviously, it takes a little bit more effort than if you're living full-time in Woodbury or the yard and you can just walk next door. Um, just a little bit of driving for us.
2: I can also attest to a, a lost uh, weekend in Seattle to, to that Michigan-Washington uh, game. I had plans with a few friends to go over there. Uh, But that's also one thing about the school that's really cool is the school spirit translates. Um, And it sounds like it translates across programs. So, um, you know, that's definitely a unique feature of Michigan. Jen, how has uh, networking changed for you as a full-timer? I'm sure I can speak to it a little bit, but we'd love to hear your perspective.
3: Yeah, I guess we've just had to get, like, more creative Um, pre-pandemic, Um, there was just a lot of natural like socializing that happened um, like before and after classes like in the winter garden um, or like weekly touch points at skeeps or um, you know tailgates. So it was so much easier and um, but luckily I feel like in our first year, we were able to make some pretty good foundational relationships. So like, as we've transitioned to this remote learning, um, it's it's really building off of what I started last year. And so whether it's um, going on like a socially distant walk, or, you know, Zoom happy hours, or, you know, I've joined some like virtual book clubs and even like virtual trivia nights, um, So those like are definitely not, um, the same. Like, I don't want to say like they're, they're apples to apples. Um, but that's how I've been like maintaining relationships. I'm not going to lie. I haven't started a lot of new relationships because it's just hard. Um, especially since, you know, with my dual degree, I actually am spending more time in the school of engineering right now. Um, but I, I'm hopeful (laughs) like when it warms up, we'll be able to do more things outside. Like um, our sections are still trying to do things like we're doing. um, And now that there's NBA ones, we're doing like mystery dinners where they mix up like NBA ones and NBA twos. um, And you can decide if you're going to do it virtually or something socially distant in person. Like, you know, some of the restaurants still have some outdoor seating and like, depending on your comfort level, you can go do that. Um, my section just had a snow day last weekend. And so everyone got like sleds and went to the park and, you know, all went down the hill together. And so like, we're just getting creative. Um, And so I, unlike, it's funny that like, you know, both programs like mention Slack and the full time program doesn't use Slack. (laughs) So we have like group me everywhere, but I'm still like Happy that we're still able to like have um, relationships even, you know, without Slack and um, without being in person.
2: <laughs> totally. Yeah. There was definitely a big snafu this year when all the first years came in and they started using Slack, and everyone in the second year class was kind of confused like, wait, do we use Groovy or Slack or what? And I don't know where that stands, but um, yeah, uh, the, the virtual, I can tell you, I, I was always pretty bad at walks. I don't just go on a walk. Um, But I've become pretty adept at that, finding ways to entertain myself or, you know, goals to hit on my walk or something to keep me occupied so I can help uh, calm the brain. So awesome. Yes. I mean, that's all great background. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. Um, Switching gears a little bit. So some people worry that employers will see part-time MBA degrees less favorably. Uh, How has the recruiting process been um, for um, Jacob and Linda as part-time students? Um, And Suraj, feel free to pipe in as well. Jacob, we'll start with you.
0: Um, I've not entered into the recruiting space yet. Um, I think if you take uh, the recommended course for online, it's like a three and a half year process. Um, due to two kids and some busier uh, times, I think I'm probably be at a four year pace. Uh, I decided that going slow and getting a lot out of it is going to be more worth it. And I also want to uh, time my graduation in the May time frame to kind of um, be in that normal recruiting cycle. So, um, yeah, I've not I've not had to dive into that too much. Um, I know that there's a lot of attention I get at work being attached to Michigan If people want to know more. I get looped into different conversations and asking about what it's like to do an MBA and work. And so this kind of conversation happens a lot for me at work.
1: Yeah, I can jump in because I went through the recruiting process last year. So recruited, I recruited as a WMBA and the process was pretty much the same as it would be for full-time MBA students uh, in a couple of ways. One, you're recruiting with the same companies. Two, you're going through the same cases and behaviorals. So anytime I would enter into the uh, CDO lounge, so to speak, outside the interview suites, there would be a crowd of WMBAs, there'd be a crowd of full-time MBAs. Hopefully in the future, we'll see a few online MBAs in there as well. Um, and the last thing that I do want to mention is your degree is just going to say MBA, right? Regardless of what program you're in, it doesn't specify um, anything other than the fact that you earned your MBA at Ross in the year that you earned it at. There is some difference in the recruiting process, and that primarily comes from Are you able to get away from work and get to the interviews, get to the coffee chats, those types of things, right? In the online environment, I think it's been nice for a lot of people because they don't have to physically leave the office. Uh, So they've only had one dentist appointment this year versus probably 30 last year. Uh, So that is something to keep in mind is just your relationship with your employer. Do they know that you're recruiting or not? How hard is it to get to the events at Ross? Inevitably FaceTime helps, with recruiters, right, at some firms more than others, for sure. Some firms will tell you straight up, we're just looking at your resume. Uh, Maybe we're just looking at your uh, cover letters. But other firms, it definitely uh, helps to be at the recruiting events. And so that's probably the primary difference between the two recruiting cycles. I
4: will chime in, though I have not been a part of a recruiting cycle yet at this point, um, but also plus one on you know, it's at the end of the day, it's the same degree that we're earning, the same classes, same faculty that we've touched on. Um, but I've also heard in some instances where weekend MBA students have been able to spin that their weekend MBA students in a positive way. Uh, again, kind of touching on something that I talked about earlier, but you've got more recent work experiences <laughs> and you have the opportunity to take what you've learned in your classes to create experiences at work that might be directly relevant to what you're recruiting for.
1: Yeah. And the time management skills too, right? It's certainly a handful. I'm sure Jacob taking classes, working and managing kids, I can only imagine. Um, So I want to kind of look at this broadly. I think there's kind of going back to the audience, there's a lot of questions around these programs, right? Uh, What they are, there's a little bit of haziness of what they look like. I'm curious between the three of you, how much did you know about the other programs? Like how much did you know about full-time versus part-time programs? Have you had a chance to interface with students across the programs?
3: So before business school, I didn't know about the other programs. So I didn't know what a weekend MBA was. Um, I think it was announced about the online MBA while we were still students and like got to see like previews of like um, the different suites that the professors got to use. Um, but I had no idea Um my first like social interaction um, was our first year. I remember we were like outside like walking to like a random bar or something and there's like this huge mob of people wearing the same shirt. And I was like, who are they? Like, what is going on? And they weren't undergrads, like not like young kids. It was like people that like looked my age and then realized it was like a cohort of like weekend MBAers. And like, we all like um, went to, I can't even remember what bar it was. Like that just shows how long it's been since I've been outside. Um, But we all went and it was really cool to like socialize and like just grab a drink together. And I thought it was cool that y'all had matching shirts and I was jealous, like, I was so, like, and it was like, cause everyone all came in, I guess for that weekend. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and then the first time I actually got to work with, um, both online MBA and, uh, weekend MBA students was actually just recently during the crisis challenge, um, and so that was really cool. Like there were two online MBA students on my team and we were working towards, you know, this fictional problem um, trying to like save our company. Um, but I thought that was really cool that we got to interact together. And I hope that there's more opportunities um, to interface with with other MBA programs.
1: Were they light blue shirts, Jen?
3: I don't either, maybe, <laughs> I'm, or I might make this up. I feel like they were orange. I don't know why. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have completely made
1: that. No, it's all good. So the weekend MBAs get matching shirts for the park crawls. It's it's pretty fun. We do, we try to do like one a semester.
0: So cool. Yeah, it's been it's been a good experience from the online perspective, getting to know everyone. Um, you know, we've we've been able to do with pandemic, we've been able to do RLA, we've been able to do. Um, other programs that were kind of reserved for in-person and it's forced everyone to find a new way to get it done and it's kind of enveloped in the online uh people uh really well and you know when we went back for the first class went back to the crisis leadership challenge like walking into the winter garden at Ross like it was like we were this experiment or celebrity group walking Everyone's like we've heard so much about the program. They've advertised it everywhere. Like you guys are real people. Um, so we had a lot of attention over that weekend and it was really, really welcoming, um, to feel like as, as part-timers and as, you know, permanently remote in most senses, um, to show up on campus and you're, you're just another roster. Like you're, you're in the family, you are, um, you know everyone's willing to help you find things and and get around and communicate with you my experience is reaching out to other people in Michigan or um alums like it doesn't matter that you went to part time it doesn't matter that you're doing it online like you went to Michigan and you went to Ross and we're going to help you out and we're going to have a discussion um and so it's been a really cool experience to not have that segregated like you had that shared experience you had um you went through everything we went through and as other residencies come up and we have the chances to get back to campus. Like, I know, I know it's going to be like the first time we went back, it's going to be super welcoming. You're going to meet new people and have a chance to go out at night or get coffee um, and, and build those relationships. I don't think there's a stigma of like, well, you're not in the full time. So like it was just called down, everyone's open and, and really engaging. It was really, really nice.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think one thing that I've seen, especially around recruiting, is with casing. Everyone's casing everyone else, and so that's another opportunity for interactions across programs. I know the PT-MBA is also trying to do more cross-PT-MBA socials, so this year we've done bingo. We did uh, a couple trivia nights that are hosted by Brandon Manson, one of our own Working for the Weekend podcast guests, and those have all been really fun.
4: Yeah, I think there's a lot of value for all of us and all of our programs to make the effort to get to know each other across these programs. I know I've personally learned a lot from my full-time counterparts as well as online counterparts. And from my perspective, why wouldn't the full-timers want to get to know weekend and online MBAs? A lot of us are working in companies that you might be interested in recruiting for, uh, like Jacob at Amazon, right? So that's a good opportunity too, to get um, some perspective and and connect in in that way as well.
2: Amazing. So I think uh, we'll, we'll leave that with kind of our last question of the day, uh, kind of a, put you guys in the hot seat. If you had Questions for uh, people, uh, students in the other programs, um, go ahead and ask the question now. Just something that's been on your mind, something that you wonder about weekenders or full timers or online, um, whatever
0: comes to mind. Fire away. I guess so. One of my one of the things that I loved about doing the online program was like I can be in a class, and the day after coming together as a class, I can apply everything I learned or make a plan to like, okay, how am I going to implement this? That was one of the things that I felt would be hard from a full-time perspective or uh, so Jen, like how do you culminate all of that two years of just, especially with the engineering program, like that's so much information um, to then apply. um, I guess, what are your thoughts around that? Like, is there anything you do to help kind of catalog a lot of that stuff?
3: That's a great question. I probably should be cataloging and like downloading all of my like work PowerPoints and like lecture things so I can have them when I start work full time. Um, But I'm not doing so I guess I can talk about like my internship last summer. Cause that was like the first time I actually got to apply some learnings. Um, and so rather than it being like super tactical, like, Oh, I remember this framework from this class, I guess it was more, um, like referencing like ideas. And I was like, Oh, I I'm familiar with this. Right. And then being able to go back and just on my own, like I had taken like a digital marketing class, um, And so like I had heard the terms of like SEO, like search engine optimization and like email campaigns. And it's like, I remember my professor, like we we did a whole simulation on this. And so rather than like having the actual notes, it was just more being like familiar with it and being able to kind of like speak the language with my, my team during the internship. But honestly, everything I really needed to know to be successful during the summer I learned during the job, like the company trained me to do it their way. And so it was good just having like a reference point and then like using their materials to actually get a better understanding of of how they did it. Um, Hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) But
2: yeah. From my perspective, it was definitely, I found this time to be very much about unpacking my experience before business school. So it's seven years and consulting, and just a lot of interesting team dynamics and, and uh, work experiences. And so I found this time to be great in like validating, you know, sometimes where I was like, oh, I think this, but no one else seems to think this, or times where I was wrong, or um, and just see it from, from like an academic point of view. And I feel like that being able to focus fully on just how things panned out in my work life before is going to help me going forward. And so it's been kind of like that. On the flip side, they're absolutely, and the admissions office is going to love you for asking this question, um, absolutely the eagerness and full-time part to uh, apply all our learnings like in work. And so that's why they have like MAP in our fourth quarter. Um, and I remember going through MAP and being like, all right, this is cool to be working now and having had this classroom experience and learned all these things and to finally be able to apply them because we're kind of chomping at the bit to do that um, for some time.
1: Yeah. And... This is something that I'd want to encourage all students, regardless of what program you're in, including online and we can You have access to a lot of clubs at Ross that put you in a position to to work with real businesses, right? So two that I did were Community Consulting Club and the Nonprofit Board Fellowship, just because at the time I had an interest in nonprofit work. So it becomes a lot of stored information uh, by the second year. And as Jen said, a lot of it turns out to be like, it's almost like you're forming a table of contents that you can refer back to later. But um, there's plenty of opportunities at Ross to, to apply what you've learned. But with that, I just want to take some time to thank our guests, Jacob, Linda, and Jen. Thank you for joining us today and sharing your insights. I'm sure they were super helpful to our prospective rosters uh, that hopefully will be joining us soon. Go Blue. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in onto this crossover episode Thanks, Jeff, for co-hosting with me. And we will see everyone on the next episode. Working for the Weekend is brought to you by the University of Michigan Ross School of Business. The producers for today's episodes were Jeff Church and Suraj Kunikuri. Executive producers are Bob Needham and Suraj Kunikuri. Jonah Brockman did the editing on today's episode. Thanks again to all of our guests and thank you for listening. See you next time on Working for the Weekend.